Hey everyone, before we start the episode, I wanted to share some exciting news. We have a YouTube channel now. We started posting our episodes with some cool images and videos, so you should definitely go check it out. You can find us at On Wildlife Podcast, and don't forget to subscribe. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, welcome to On Wildlife. I'm your host, Alex Ray. On this podcast, we bring the wild to you. We take you on a journey into the life of a different animal every week, and I guarantee you you're going to come out of here knowing more about your favorite animal than you did before. This week, we'll be discussing an animal that you've probably seen in pictures of rainforests, at your local zoo, or on the side of a Fruit Loops box. This brightly colored bird is known for its really large beak. But there's much more than meets the eye with this animal, and we have a special guest that's going to help me talk about them. Matt Charette from the Toucan Ridge Ecology and Education Society. So join us as we head to the canopy of the Amazon rainforest to talk about toucans. almost 40 different subspecies of toucans, all of them living in South America. Toucans are normally about two feet long, and their beak adds about seven and a half more inches to their size. And they usually weigh about two pounds. Most toucans live in tropical rainforests, but some can live in mountainous areas. The most popular and abundant toucan species are the toco toucan and the keel-billed toucan. The toco toucan has an orange beak with a black tip and black and white body color. The keel-billed toucan is the more brightly colored species with a yellow underbelly and a green, orange, blue, and red beak. This species of toucan lives more in Central America, and they're commonly referred to as the rainbow-billed toucan. Okay, there's a lot more to learn about these animals, so now I want to introduce Matt Charette, who has been studying toucans for years. I asked Matt how he first became interested in studying toucans. Well, it all started as a kid, I would say probably more generally as uh, as a bird enthusiast. So going out a lot in nature with, with my dad, there's a couple of events that kind of got me really into birds, just uh, like a common turn colony when I was a kid walking there. And I remember I was probably 11. That just made a click that it's kind of what I wanted to do. And then uh, around 17, I took a class, a university class about birds. And then I knew from then on that that was going to be my career. And uh, it was only watching documentaries and stuff. I think we were all, a lot of kids have been fascinated by toucans. And then started my career as a tropical ecologist in Mexico. And then I was actually studying king vultures at that point. So we had built platforms at the top of the trees in the jungle and in the Yucatan in Mexico. And from there, in the platforms, the toucans were always around. So the the killbill toucan at that point, this family group would come close to me every day that I was up there. And that kind of really gave me passion to want to know more about them. That sounds amazing. It must have been so cool to see them up close like that. Well, they're an incredible bird, just beautiful plumage and everything, but they're really funny too. 
they're fun. Their social interactions are fun. They'll bell with the other toucans and they just seem kind of, yeah, they just really like to joke around quite a bit. So I've spent a, f- a few moments in on a platform, just like burst out laughing uh, out loud alone, just looking at toucans doing some funny toucan things. Wow. No wonder Matt loves studying these animals. He's also the operations manager at the Toucan Ridge Ecology and Education Society. We're a biology field station that focuses on training locals and internationals in wildlife work. And then from there, I then started the Toucan Ridge Bird Observatory, which we focus really on bird research and bird conservation. So, and doing long-term monitoring of birds. At the same time, we do a lot of training for locals and international and actual working with birds and doing things like bird banding. So we teach people how to bird band, how to monitor birds. And then from there, well, we have three species of toucans at the station. And so we monitor those three species, what they're doing. And occasionally when we do catch them, we band them, do all the measurements and all that kind of stuff as well. Bird banding is when a researcher will latch a band onto a bird's leg in order to track it. The hope for that with bird banding uh, and our, all of our bird work is you never know who comes to the station. So we're open to the public, to visitors. And so uh, they'll get to often release a bird at the end when we're done all, all of our processing and that. And so we never know who's going to click. So for some people, it could eventually that they'll want to be ornithologists or bird researchers, but for some, you never know who's going to be policymakers or whichever field, lawyers or whatever also, but they'll have that click that clicks them onto conservation, which is the great thing about your podcast as well. You never know. And then eventually we'll get a small percentage of those that are actually going to click in and are going to want to do that for the rest of their lives. And that's That's really what we're hoping. So kind of a little bit like you, open people's perception of wildlife and how amazing they are and and conservation work and how much it's needed. And then as well as the life of a bird researcher, at least for me, has been extremely rewarding. I love how they're trying to educate the public on bird conservation, because I think this is one of the most important things that we can be doing. Now, let's start learning about toucans. The first thing you'll notice is a toucan's large bill. What is it used for? So, well, the toucan's bill, of course, as everybody can imagine, will be to feed, to feed itself. Little facts that people don't know is that that bill, well, first of all, it is not used to eat fruit loops. <laughs> and I'm sure we are, which is the first thing a lot of people actually, people will ask things like that. So they'll eat a lot of fruit, a lot of seeds. Obviously, and I think that's what most people associate toucans with. Little known fact, and sorry to burst some people's bubbles out of this, they're also um, carnivores. So they're actually omnivores. So they'll eat a lot of seeds and and, uh, flowers and and fruit, but well, not flowers and fruit, uh, but they will also eat a lot of lizards, eggs, bird chicks. And so the bill, while it is used to crack open fruit and things like that and different figs. It will also use it to go into cavities and pick out eggs and chicks. So in tree cavities and things like that and actually eat eggs and stuff. So they're, they can be a big egg predator at the right time of year. And that's kind of the big thing of a lot of people are like, what? Two cans eat babies. 
<laughs> so, well, they have to feed themselves and that's just how nature works. But yeah, that big bill is, is used for, for many different things when it comes to feeding. We also feel well in uh, reproductions and attracting mates and things like that as, as well. I mean, both males and females will, be, will typically look the same in toucans, but there's probably an attractant there in, in the bill. I never knew that toucans ate meat before. That's really interesting. I was also interested to know what actions Matt's organization would take if they found an injured toucan. In our case, while we're all trained biologists, we're not trained vets. And so we bring all of our, well, if we do ever find some, and it's happened a couple of times, actually, that people have brought either a baby toucan, lost his parents, or that fell out of a tree and couldn't go back up, or um, uh, injured on the road. And we do take them either to the Belize Zoo, which is a fantastic little zoo in Belize that really takes in injured animals or animals that can't be brought back to the wild. And so it's kind of an educational zoo that, that has done a lot of great things in Belize. Or else we'll bring them to the Belize Bird Rescue Center in uh, Belmopan in Belize, which take care of a lot of toucans and parrots. And they, they're specialized, they have vets, etc. And then we'll make sure if they can that the individual bird is then released back into the wild. And we talked a little bit about the toucan's eating habits, but do they have any natural predators? You'll find out right after the break. The science word that I want to talk to you about today is conspecific. Conspecific means an individual that belongs to the same species. So a duck interacting with another duck of the same species would be said to interact with another conspecific. It's a great word to use if you want to sound smart talking to your friends. So what kinds of predators will go after toucans? There are some larger raptors that can eat uh, toucans, yes. Uh, but that would be mostly, mostly it would be other avian predators. Toucans can make loud calls in order to scare off these predators. And if that doesn't work, they can fly away at speeds of around 40 miles per hour. But another interesting thing about them is that they're extremely important to the ecosystems that they live in. Toucans are fantastic seed dispersers, and that is really their main ecological function that we can see, is that because they eat so many fruits and seeds, um, they will ingest a lot of the seeds, and then, of course, it'll go out in their feces, and that's going to spread those seeds in other parts of the environment and create a richer forest with higher diversity. So that is really, I'd say, their main contribution, which is huge. And that's so crucial to keeping the diversity of the rainforest intact. Unfortunately, toucans are facing some issues, as with many animals right now. Most toucans, I think like most birds in the tropics, it's more about uh, habitat fragmentation and habitat destruction. There's no, I think, real direct threats of, of poaching and stuff to be sold to international markets, although I think that does happen, of course. I would say that their major issue right now is, is more uh, 
forest fires, habitat forest slash and burn agriculture. That's a big issue that we're having in, in Belize right now and other Central American countries. People moving in, wanting to get to grow some crops, and so they'll burn down the forest. That area will then you'll be able to produce for maybe about two or three years because it's low nutrient soils. And then from there, they're going to have to move on and then they're going to burn another patch and another patch. And so that is one of our biggest issues that at least we're facing in Belize, but also for logging, the creation of logging roads and all of that is, I'd say, is probably their main threat right now. So people are cutting these huge expanses of forest just for two or three years of crops, and then they have to cut down more, which is just sad. It is really sad. And there's there are alternatives to that. And there's a lot of organizations that are working to regrow these forests naturally and to provide that you can kind of grow forests, but also grow food inside of them as well. So at Trees, we do provide that kind of training for Inga Alley cropping, which I would suggest that if anybody wants to go look at that on the internet, uh, Inga Alley cropping is kind of a future for at least for a lot of tropical countries and in Central America, kind of a combination of providing subsistence to local farmers. So providing them with, with actual income from the forest goods, but while providing, uh, allowing the forest to, to grow and thrive. That sounds like a really great idea. And aside from this, there are more things being done that are helping toucans. In Belize, there are regulations against well, there are seasons for hunting, although not a lot of people would go and hunt toucan. But for there are poaching laws, and then um, more and more there's there are large reserves happening, uh, being created. And there's the Belize Biological Corridor right now that's being created by many NGOs and, and researchers in Belize, which is kind of to link these huge protected areas together which will then allow toucans and other birds and other wildlife uh, like jaguar to move around freely without as much danger of getting hit by roads and, and things like that. I think that's gonna, that is having, will be highly beneficial for all birds, all wildlife, but of course, our toucan friends. So those are some larger initiatives that are taking place. What are some things that the average person can do to help toucans? In Belize, uh, like I said, one of the main things people can do is to donate to the Belize Bird Rescue Center in Balmopan because they do a fantastic job at healing, fixing up uh, wild birds, but also have a very interesting way of releasing them back into the wild. You can donate to places like us at Trees. That provides all that money goes directly into our research and conservation programs, which also is directly linked to teaching locals about the importance of wildlife and Belizean kids and stuff as well, which we believe the future generation is going to help them even more in wanting to conserve large parcels of lands in Belize and to move away from really destructive methods like we had talked about with slash and burn. So those are the more direct donation methods. The other one, which we're hearing more and more now, is just for people to avoid buying products made from rainforest wood that you'll see in stores in North America and all of that. So things like bamboo, of course, are great. And it's a, a really good wood alternative. But buying products from wood like mahoganies and things like that can lead to, uh, well, just increased deforestation in tropical countries 
and uh, trees like mahoganies. We have a, a large one at, by the, at the station by the observatory, and toucans are in it all the time. There's, I, I've seen it directly. Mahogany, toucan. Okay. Uh, so I think it's uh, people just being responsible in their purchases and what they're buying and being conscious of anything that could be destructive to the rainforest in the tropics. So you can donate and you can be conscious of what you're buying. It's as easy as looking on a label to see if the product that you're buying is sustainably sourced or not. I want to thank Matt for coming on. He made me love toucans even more than I already did. If you're interested in helping toucans, you should absolutely check out the Toucan Ridge Ecology and Education Society. You can also take a look at the Toucan Rescue Ranch and Amazon Conservation. Thank you so much for coming on this adventure with me as we explored the world of toucans. You can find the sources that we use for this podcast and links to organizations that we reference at onwildlife.org. You can also email us with any questions at onwildlife.podcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at on underscore wildlife or on TikTok at onwildlife. Don't forget to tune in next Wednesday for another awesome episode. And that's On Wildlife. listening to On Wildlife with Alex Ray. On Wildlife provides general educational information on various topics as a public service, which should not be construed as professional, financial, real estate, tax, or legal advice. These are our personal opinions only. Please refer to our full disclaimer policy on our website for full details. Mm-hmm.